Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. Uh, not joined this week by Dave Tremonte. Actually, I'm going to be joined this week by John Gooden. But with all that being said, this weekend was supposed to be UFC in London. Obviously, this uh, is a moment-to-moment kind of ordeal where we don't exactly know what's going on, where it's going on, whether it will be going on, and if it is going on, who will even be fighting. So uh, we're not going to be breaking down that episode, but I do have an interview with both John Gooden and Marvin Vittori that I wanted to get to you guys, because as of the moment of me recording this intro right now, Marvin Vittori is still one of the fights that's still going to keep going. Plus, uh, in the interview, I think you'll hear John Gooden talks about the state of MMA in the UK anyway, which is pretty interesting to me. So whether or not we're going to see a lot of these fighters this weekend is sort of irrelevant. I wanted to make sure to get this content out to you ahead of time, maybe in these really tough times where you guys are holed up at home. Hopefully you can enjoy uh, a couple of interviews from one of your favorite announcers and one of maybe your favorite fighters. Uh, and I would, of course, be remiss if I didn't mention that this episode is brought to you by BattleClan Gear. Visit BattleClanGear.com and use promo code TURTLEUP10, T-U-R-T-L-E-U-P-1-0 for 10% off your whole order there. I personally love their company for all that it stands for because it's really about what we need right now, which is coming together as a clan with either the people you train with or the people you're around and uh, in, in representing that either on a rash guard or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, and you can check out all that type of apparel at BattleClanGear.com. BattleClanGear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Freeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Marvin Vittori, who fights Darren Stewart at UFC in London on March 21st. So, Marvin, I actually want to start by talking about a, a fighter who you're sort of linked to through a previous fight, and that's Israel Adesanya. Uh, a lot of people may not remember that his first fight in the UFC was a split decision win over you. You've since seen the... It was the second fight, actually, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. His second fight. So his second fight was was against you. He wins a split decision. You guys are now sort of linked permanently. You've watched his precipitous rise. What do you sort of think of his most recent performance and what he's been doing in the UFC? Uh, he's really... Um, I think his game is not that elaborated. You know, I think people are, uh, are fooled by a lot of things. And, um, man, I don't care. Like, I, I actually saw him... I actually saw him and talked to him uh, briefly uh, out of the out of the hotel uh, about it was like maybe like a couple of months ago. I never actually said this to anybody, but uh, I saw him. I wasn't my coach, and he was somebody else. And I just told him like uh, I called him down. I said, "Yeah, what's up? You know, come come here. Let's just talk for a second. And he came, and I had a talk briefly, and I said, "Listen, like, why why did you change your energy uh, before, right after the fight, and then?" The, when you actually went down and walked to the media. And we just had about, like, what I'm saying is, like, I know the guy pretty good, you know. I, I know the guy in and out of the cage. And um, it's just going to be, it's fine. I'm going to have my rise and I'm going to catch him. Uh, if he's going to be champion still, I'm going to beat his ass. If it's not, um, I still want to fight the guy, you know. It's, uh, honestly, like, the, the, the reality is the decision, right, which I don't think it was right, but is he... Would he, like, is he really happy about the decision and how the fight went down? Did he really beat me, like, in any case, even if the decision's, like, even if it's a win in the, on the paper, like, which, I, I, again, I think is, is, is wrong. 
I beat him in a sense more than what I did than what he did. He came out of that fight more beat up than what I was. I came out like fresh as a rose. So the thing is like he, the decision is what it is, but he didn't really have it without the fight went down. So I'm just like we really have to catch up again, you know, no matter what. So uh, and I think you know that the fight it's it's not that like his game is not that elaborated, you know, and. Uh, He's, he's a good fighter, but, you know, in terms of, like, he doesn't have that many balls either, you know, like, I think uh, Romero Romero didn't do much, but he had multiple occasions to try to push the action a little bit, and he didn't do it just because he was scared, and, and after that and after that first punch, he's like, oh, fuck no, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go in and try to get punched like this and maybe get knocked out, so he just plays safe, but it is what it is, you know, I'm not really looking backwards, and I have a fight ahead of me in two weeks, so that's it. Absolutely. Let's talk about that fight you have coming up in a couple of weeks, too, because, you know, Darren Stewart is, is kind of an interesting opponent in that, you know, he's won four out of five, so he's certainly an exciting opponent. But at the same time, he's a guy who comes in there and throws big, heavy bombs. He's not like, you know, your your Israel Adesanya who dances around. How do you think you match up against a guy who fights in that style? Also, it's always, like, depends who you fought, you know, like, depends uh, who, who you did those things against. But... I think uh, I'm a smarter, better fighter and uh, with a higher IQ, fighting IQ. So, so just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick him apart. You know, there's not much. I don't think there's much he can do. My skills level, my fighting IQ, all it's it's all, it's all way better than than his. So, it's uh, I'm ready, man, and that's all that matters. Now I want him in that cage, and because uh, I'll be there for sure, and the rest will be will be will be written in, uh, in 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 my in my record. Absolutely, and now you know you mentioned you, you want that fight with Israel. I just on you back. You know that you're going to fight him down the road. Obviously, in order to do that, you're going to have to climb up the rankings. Is that something that you keep an eye on? Because I know you're on a hell of a win streak, and, and yet still we don't see a number by your name. Yeah, well, I mean, I try. I'm the kind of guy that calls out everybody, you know. I call, I call out everybody, but like nobody really uh, picks up the phone, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 I definitely want a name after this, and they will have to feed me a name, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy, like that. I still, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not here to make it to top 15. I'm here to make it to be the best. So. Uh, but uh, there, there are rankings that we have to go through to to a certain amount of, uh, in a sense, you know. So I definitely need to break those rankings, and uh, and so a lot of good fight like Shabazian or like uh, Darren Till or like uh, uh, Hermanson, like I, those are all good fights, you know, that I would like. I, I, I want to avenge my, lo my loss against uh, Carabas Abata, you know, like, in all these fights, I just, I'm not picking my opponent, just give me one good one with, that is worth uh, fighting him, and uh, I'll, I'll fight him. Well, and I think this win should definitely give you that one. Now, I, I want to talk about some other stuff, too, because... You know, you're training in California, and at the same time, you know, you're flying back a little bit closer to home here with a fight in London. But, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there's obviously a whole lot of, you know, scare with the coronavirus going on in Europe. 
Are, are you at all, especially being an Italian, are, are you at all worried about the flight back to Europe or, you know, the potential of having, you know, fights canceled or, or things like that? Uh, so in terms of fight cancel, I don't think there's much of an issue. Like the UFC said multiple times that the, that the event is going to be held. But, you know, this thing changes day by day. So there is a little bit of a, uh, you know, a fear in terms of that on, on my end. But I hope everything goes goes smooth and, uh, and the fight. I mean, I'm already been affected in the sense that all, all the people that were wanting to come from Italy and to see my fight, they can't. And I was expecting more than like 200 people to come and watch my fight, like because my brother and uh, some other friends were organizing the, the the whole trip for those people. But so they already had to cancel that. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, worst case they might do like a closed door event. I don't know, but I think I think the event is gonna be is gonna be held pretty sure of that. But uh, that's it. I mean that the, the the coronavirus doesn't really uh, scare me in a sense of like uh, like a health issue, but um, it does affect. It did affect me the, the, with the fact that all the people from Italy can come. In London, I don't think it's, it's that bad. In in, uh, in between all Europe, London is where like UK generally is where it's it's uh, it's it's more controlled. I think. Well, and, and yeah, so, you, you know, you said you had like 200 fans coming and, and now seemingly zero and you're fighting in his hometown. Are, are you are you bothered by the fact that you're going to have a little bit less of that hometown play or, or are you, you know, going to get over it once you're in the cage? Ah, businesses, businesses, man, like you, we we're trained not to be bothered by, by the outside. You know, at the end of the day, I'm trained to, I'm trained to perform on my best on that moment, on that place. And uh, uh, because if you don't, then then you're affected by by the outside things, and everything else doesn't really matter, you know. If you, if you can't perform on that on that exact moment, so not really. I mean, I'm going in to finish the fight, and, uh, and that's it. Absolutely. So let's get an official prediction. How do you see this one ending? You you said you plan on finishing the fight. Exactly. How do you see it going? I really don't know how, honestly. I really don't know. Like, I, 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 there's so many options I have that I don't know. I don't know. I, I literally go to sleep thinking, like, shoot, there's so many ways I can finish this guy. So, um, so, and, 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 so, and then I fall asleep with a big smile on my face, you know. So, uh, so I, I don't really know, you know. I, I can, I can just tire him out and just finish him with punches or 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 knock him out clean or finish him with some submission flash you know like it, it really it really don't matter how but it's 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 uh it's the fact that it will happen well it's exciting no matter which way that goes down and we'll be looking forward to it once again fans this is marvin vittori who fights darren stewart at ufc in london on march 21st marvin thanks so much for the time man we really appreciate it Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And that interview with Marvin Vittori is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. It does not matter what martial art you train. They've got a tracking system for you. You can set up your profile and from there, log individual training sessions 
which allow you to keep track of how much time you're training, which might not be a lot right now, and also make little notes so that you'll know in the future what you need to continue working on. It gives you updates about how often you're training, how often you're training week to week and month to month so that you can continue to make progress towards those goals. You can also log weigh-ins, competitions, and lots more. Check them out, Maroon Social. And joining me today to talk about UFC in London, I have the pleasure of talking to UFC cage side announcer. I've got John Gooden on the show with me today. John Gooden, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for the invitation. All right. So we're going to be talking about UFC in London. I feel like, you know, with the current events and everything in flux right now, I feel like I would be remiss if I did not start by talking about uh, sort of the state of the UFC. We've, we've got a card in Brasilia, uh, which, uh, you know, at the time of recording, that's going to happen in a couple of days. And, and we don't know necessarily what's going to happen. There's rumors out there that it's going to happen in a closed arena. Uh, you know, what's the feeling around London right now? Are, are people worried that this event is going to be empty? Are the people worried that this event's going to be closed? Have you talked to any of the fighters about how they're feeling? Yeah, this is, this is obviously a... A, a huge issue for the world right now and it's just developing at such an incredibly quick rate and I just don't like me personally I don't know where to get my news from these days I typically have stayed away from uh, news headlines for many many years like I'm a sports guy that's what I'm interested in everything else seems to take care of itself but this stuff does feel very real all of a sudden and I'm scrambling around trying to find you know, good sources of information. And it, in Europe, things are pretty bad in it or very, very bad. That's a complete understatement, really bad in Italy. And so we're seeing a few reports of just how dire the circumstances are for, for people in the health service over there and how they're struggling to cope. And we're not far from Italy. And like, I'm a big soccer fan. And there's, a, there's things that are happening with, with that now. And, you know, they're huge gatherings that happen you know, twice weekly. So I'm an Arsenal fan. The Arsenal game has been postponed. Uh, so we're already seeing things like that would affect one's daily life. Like I, have, I do have an Arsenal season ticket. I wouldn't have gone to this one because of the uh, proximity to the London event. But my dad was going to go and now he's now he's not going. So these things are becoming very real and rightly so. You know, this is to I think the only thing that can really happen with this coronavirus right now is containment until we have vaccinations, etc. So they're really the only tools that are available. Now, I've had like I get a couple of tickets for the UFC every time I, I work an event and the people that I'd given those out to are now coming back to me saying, uh, is, is it still on? So, I mean, that's probably I'm holed up at home. There's no difference there. There, by the way, kind of two weeks out from a fight, like this is what I do. I go down into my my little research laboratory, which is essentially just a big shed, and I, I just do a bunch of research. I don't go too far, and um, and and so I'm in isolation anyway. But it does feel like when I speak to my wife, who's been into town a little bit, there's the fear is growing. Um, going online is a horrible place right now, and uh, I. I don't want to ignore what's going on. Uh, I'm certainly not going to belittle it. It's just um, I don't know what to believe. So it's evolving every hour of every day, and it's different for every country in the world. Everything seems to be going ahead right now. I've had dialogue with the UFC. They're still giving me the stuff that I need to do my job, and I'm having interactions with, with fighters as well. So everything seems like we're 
as as we would have done the last year. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned last year, you know, the UFC London events notoriously are, are big events, right? Like there's yeah. usually a big British name on the headlines, either Bisping or Till or, or anything like that. Does it feel like this headliner has taken a little bit of a hit with all of the other public perception going on? Do you feel like the people get behind Leon Edwards as that guy anyway? Like, how does this event feel as we, we sort of march into it? Yeah, I, d- I do feel like this event has been trending pretty strongly over here. And I think what's happened with the Leon Edwards case is probably quite a bit of, of sympathy for his situation of, you know, it's such a, an interesting division, the welterweight division, and we've had new stars almost come and go. Like with with Askren, come in, made a big splash, pushed Leon down the order a little bit, and they've got away again. And um, and Leon all the while has been putting in this diligent work, high level stuff, and he's finally getting like the the big big fights. So there's always an appreciation for Leon's work, but now I think people are like, you really deserve this, and as a result, we're really going to get behind you. But I don't think that we should overlook the supporting cast as well. We have a, a very high number of UK fighters on this bill. And it, from my perspective, as someone who's grown up in UK MMA, and I've been covering this sport now for, for over 10 years on the mic, it's just fantastic. This wasn't, this hasn't always been this way. And as much as I, I respect the fans uh, in my, my own country, they are pretty ferocious when it comes to London cards and whether or not they're seeing what they want. They always demand the big names. Historically, the UFC have brought big events to the UK. I think they were one of the first destinations outside of North America as well. So there's almost a sense of entitlement. But we now have our own uh, men and women that are so exciting to watch, but equally doing great things. Leon is spearheading that right now. Um, he deserves to be the main event this week, uh, next weekend. Absolutely. And I, I want to talk a, a little bit about those other people on the card, too. And I'm interested to hear, because I'm always interested to hear the perspective outside of the United States, because some of these names, really popular, really, really great fighters that I love. But at the same time, you know, like maybe some names that the U.S. hardcore fans would know a little bit less of. Who are the ones okay. on this card that the, the British fans or the U.K. fans really tend to get behind as fan favorites it's really tough because <laughs> i'm probably the wrong guy to ask because i'm so i'm so into it but let me do a very quick like stop me if i'm going into too much detail i'll do you a quick rundown and i'll give you a couple of little points of why i like it or why they're popular etc so obviously we got edwards woodley i don't need to do too much maybe we have a separate conversation around that danny roberts nicholas dolby that's a that's an incredible fight both of those guys always involved in high-level warfare and Danny Roberts striking beautiful like made Zelim Imadayev do a, a 180 when he fought uh, him in Moscow I think he was losing two on the bounce as well so a big win for him Nicholas Dolby was away for three years a uh, Danish fighter who came back beat Cowboy Oliveira I mean what a fight to come back into the organization to um, and these guys could have met that they could have met up before Danny Roberts and Dolby, both cage warriors, veterans that could have happened there. So that's good. Jack Marshman. Um, he had a very close fight with John Phillips last year in, in the London zone two. I wasn't a massive fan of that. I think we've got enough fighters around the world 
to avoid having guys in the when they're not in the rankings fighting off against one another and two Welshmen. I, I don't know. Some of the fans bought into it wasn't really for me. And Marshman took a very close split. He is a former paratrooper, military man. He's no longer with them. This is his first camp as a civilian. So we're going to see a professional athletic effort from from Marshman, which is which I'm very much looking forward to. And obviously, you know, Kevin Holland is great value both on the mic and, and inside the octagon. He beats um John Phillips as well. So there's some MMA maths going on there. Darren Stewart, someone who I think flies under the radar. He is a Londoner. He is super tough. He beat um, DC's very close friend, Ron Wynn, uh, wrestler versus striker. He's a, a Taekwondo black belt. He, he, I live not too far from North London, which is where, where he does a lot of his training. Uh, he's got a very entertaining Instagram if people want to go watch it. But he's never in a boring fight. And Darren will always get the, the crowd behind him. There'll be a strong following for him there, especially with his dance partner, Marvin Vittori, who's tough as nails, trains down at King's MMA. So we all know what the sparring's like down there and the high-level fighters that they have. Uh, Jack Shaw, he's someone that I actually visited and invested in um, alongside with Dan Hardy's Raptors. We did a we did like a plus-hour-long documentary with Jack. I spent a day down there from morning to night, uh, trained with him, watched him with his team, spent some time at his home, went around his town. A really, really affable young man, early 20s, massive potential, He's coached by his dad, did everything in the amateurs, kind of won, won nearly everything apart from the, the IMF worlds, uh, was finding it difficult to get fights and then ended up taking the, the Cage Warriors title as well. Proved in his debut that he's legit, deserves to be in the UFC. And now he's got his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt as well. On the main card was the first guy to open up uh, London 2019. So a massive step up for him. Fantastic fighter and the Welsh really get behind him. They've got, he's got his own songs. Uh, he's got his own T-shirts. He's got his little army. And he's, he's quite a, a mild-mannered young man as well. So it's interesting to see what a, what a massive following he gets without being someone in the mold of Conor McGregor, if you like. Um, and then we open the main card with Mark Jacasey and Jai Herbert. Jai has taken this one on slightly late notice, but he was the Cage Warriors champion who's coming over now. Uh, he was a former scaffolder for many, many years. He's only just given up that day job to focus professionally. But he trains with Leon Edwards at Team Renegade, um, a, a gym that I've been down to a number of times that they got Tom Breeze on the mat. I saw Damir Hazovic over there uh, only a month or so back. They got a bunch of guys from from Bellator, Brave, just a, a, a growing mat, a young learning environment. And everyone's on this very positive uh, momentum right now. So do not overlook Jai Herbert facing Mark Jacasey, who's completely reformed his career. He brings uh, good support now because he's he's been a face in front of the UFC fans for a while. And we know he's capable of some serious highlight reel stuff. So um, so people will be getting going to be behind that fight for sure. Um, do, uh, am I doing OK here? Do you you're, want me to slow you're, down? You're, you're doing OK. I, I do have a follow up question, though, because, you know, you said you, you said that about Jack Shore, about that he has, you know, an incredible Welsh following. And I've seen it in his fights, too. Right. Like you, you can see one whole section of the audience filled with people with Jack Shore shirts, you know, Welsh flags, all that kind of stuff. 
do you wonder, you know, thinking about all these fights and all these fighters with huge followings like this that you're mentioning, do you wonder what it will be like if they are here fighting in an empty arena and how it would affect some of them? Um, yeah, but at the same time, I think that they put in the work. We, we Everyone at this point is very professional and it would be very similar to the Contender Series or the Tough House. And as much as everyone speaks about how unique and perhaps weird that experience might be, it doesn't mean that, that we don't have great fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to be a, a mixed martial artist, a, a good mixed martial artist, you have to show adaptability. And that might be traveling across the world to fight, or it might be, it might just be in 2020, the possibility of fighting behind closed doors. But listen, I'm sure the paychecks will be the same. It will certainly mean as much to them. It's just not the spectacle and probably the, the, the overall experience that they would be looking for. But their job is to fight first and foremost. And there will always be, uh, you know, people, people watching on TV. And, and let's not pretend that as soon as a fighter get, goes back to their locker room, they're not opening up their, their Twitter and Instagram to see how much love they're getting as well. So I'm sure that will be there at plentiful amounts. And, and we're going to talk about the prelims in just a minute, and we'll give you have a chance to do a rundown of those. But I did want to talk about the main event. I did want to give it a little bit of time here because you mentioned Leon Edwards finally getting that shine that he sort of deserved fighting somebody like Tyron Woodley, who's a really big name. And you said that, that Leon Edwards has definitely gotten the crowd behind him, being that he's, you know, sort of seen a whole bunch of people jump him in the queue and then fall behind him in the queue, and he just keeps pushing forward. Then we got somebody like Tyrone Woodley, who's just kind of been missing in action since we have saw him drop the title. Is it sort of a weird matchup that he's now taking, you know, sort of the guy who's been slowly rising up while he's not been fighting? Or do you feel like this is like the perfect, you know, out of the gate matchup for him after his loss? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great matchup for for Leon, that's for sure. Um, and you know, all things being equal, it's it's the kind of fighter that the the UK fans want to see over here. Uh, he is a blue chip, marquee name for the UFC, uh, a a champion with of such high regard did, did massive things for that division. Welterweight division is one of the, the toughest and deepest in, in mixed martial arts. So, you know, what did, what did he have four title defenses as well? Mm-hmm. He's, he's an absolute staple and a, a savage, you know, as, as much as he's fallen upon hard times with this last fight, um, he's a, he's a big star, a big deal and a massive threat. So if Leon, is to be champion, he has to go through people like Tyron Woodley. And I, I think back to the, the day when he beat uh, Dos Anjos and Woodley was actually on the desk. And I've spoken to Leon about this and he genuinely did not see Woodley at that point in his future. He obviously had eyes on him before because he was the champion. But after he got his win over RDA, he honestly thought that it, it was Usman next. So... I, I find that quite interesting that those two stood next to one another. I haven't had the chance to ask the, the same questions to Tyron yet. Um, but little would, did we know a few months later they would make that fight and two guys that were chatting and s- celebratory um, speak about that performance uh, suddenly bitter rivals. I love that that story. And now I'm curious too, just where you see the welterweight division, because obviously we got Kamara Usman as the champion. It seems like Jorge Masvidal is probably next in line for him. 
Do you feel like the winner of this is clear-cut the 170-pound number one contender? Is there anything clear-cut in mixed martial <laughs> arts? And I don't mean that with – and I mean – what I say by that is it's – there are so many variable variables anyway with scheduling and injuries and – and well, we're seeing craziness right now. Mm-hmm. So I never really know if anything's nailed on. And then you add in the the very well, it's quite tempestuous, isn't it? The, the top of the that that division. When you talk about characters like Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington, things flare up very very quickly. Um, it's like touch paper. And it, I, I'm not sure you don't have that everywhere. You don't have that. In the light heavyweight division, you, we, we see it a little bit in the lightweight division and, and also historically, but particularly when you have the presence of someone like Conor McGregor. But there aren't many other divisions where it's like that. So looking around with the Jorge Masvidal, Covington, Woodley, Usman sort of dynamic. I mean, and then, of course, if, for instance, Conor McGregor wants to come and play at 170, that that muddies the waters again. So, um I really don't know, but you've got to think if you're Leon Edwards, you've got to think if you beat the former champion, the last man to have shared the octagon with Kamaru Usman, you know that you're going to have that shot against him. You've got to, you've, that's surely that's what he's fighting for this time round. I would hope so too. Now let's kick off to the to the prelim card because I don't want to keep you too long here. And the one fight that I wanted to start by talking about is Molly McCann versus Ashley Evans Smith because it seems like Molly McCann has sort of taken on the flag bearer status for women's MMA in the UK. It seems like she has sort of become that like almost like Michael Bisping face of being the first woman of the UK MMA scene. Does it feel like she gets that support that she, you know, sort of rightfully deserves over there? Um, because I, I've noticed, you know, at least online, the media and, and the social media fans seem to be behind her. But I, I'm curious as to what it's like over in the UK. Yeah, for sure. She gets a lot of column inches. She gets a lot of attention from the media. Um, she's just naturally, she has an infectious personality. She's very open. She wears her heart on her sleeve. And she she has she, she's got a great personality. So you're always happy to listen to Molly. She's such a positive thing. And I, I yeah, I, I love watching her fight, like the style that she brings. But she's also she's from Liverpool, a, a fighting community over there. She's very big into football as well. Some of the people that she surrounds herself are, are also in uh, other professional sports, etc. So she's. um she's she's a great ambassador for mixed martial arts for women's mixed martial arts for UK MMA as well and yeah right now with with Jojo uh, being stateside I guess she's just more attainable she's the fighter that we can reach out to from from the the female mixed martial arts side that's just a bit more accessible for the the media outlets over here but of course you know Jojo's got a massive fight coming up. So I would say in terms of the UK, she's she's really leading things, albeit stateside. And we've kind of been used to that with Hardy and Bisbing uh, in the past. But um, things are changing with, with the likes of Leon Edwards, Darren Till and uh, and those two late, uh, and, and Molly McCann as well. Absolutely. Now, let's do a quick rundown of the, the prelim card here, too, because you get a lot of good UK stars here. Who sticks out to you as like the, you know, other than Molly McCann, as sort of some of the big personalities that people get behind on the prelims? 
Well, you've got to have a look at the featured bout with Paul Craig uh, going up against another Fortis MMA guy. Like, <laughs> he can never go to Texas, right? His vacation <laughs> has to steer clear of that place. Um, he has he won in seriously dramatic fashion. I think it's the last time he was in London. I believe so. I think it's the last the the yes, it's the latest finish in UFC history in a three round fight with, with a triangle submission in the dying like half a second. So always drama with Paul Craig. A fantastic submission game. Gave me a couple of tips once. It's on my Instagram. He showed me a couple of setups for a triangle, which was which is very cool. Again, an, another man with a with a an infectious personality. Um, he's larger than life. You know, big Scotsman as well. Always looks good on a poster. Excited to see um, him perform. I don't know a great deal about Lerone uh, Murphy. He was someone that came up in the Manchester scene after I'd kind of left the UK MMA grassroots uh, uh, commentary work. So he, he had a good showing against Zubaira Tahugov. He's This guy got shot in the face in a drive-by shooting and shouldn't be with us, but yet still has managed to climb to elite level in, in our sport. And he's got a, well, he's got a heck of a fight with him against Gabriel Benitez. That's for sure. Um, but I think that the one fight that I'm really looking forward to and the geeks will be behind me here is Mike Grundy versus Maquan Amerkani. Mike Grundy is out of the now famous uh, team Calbon for uh, Darren Till. When we, then we go back through. I mean, I think there's nine, nine or 10 fighters now that have been signed to the UFC out of that that gym alone. So Colin Heron knows how to create top, top fighters. Grundy was a medalist in the Commonwealth Games in freestyle wrestling. Maquan Amekani, I think is a, I need to get this straight. I think he was a Greco-Roman wrestler in Finland, but super high level, had like 400 wrestling matches and it's very much a, a part of his game. Uh, but both of these guys have, have striking too. That's how Grundy won his UFC debut against Nad Naramani. We've seen Amir Khani like run across the octagon and knocks. I think it was Andy Ogle. He knocked him out in in just in a few seconds with a flying knee. So they're exciting. I mean, they're both interested about the wrestling aspect to this one. Uh, but we we also know that sometimes when we have two wrestlers, they just end up just just tearing each other's heads off with punches. So that's that's a big one. It's a big night for Team Cowbomb. Tom. Aspinall is also fighting. He's the heavyweight kid. And I say kid, he's, he's a young man. Couldn't get fights anymore on the, on the regional scene. So the UFC, for the second time of asking that Team Cowbon took, took them up on their offer. I think maybe a little bit earlier than coach Colin Heron would have liked, but nevertheless, he will be making his UFC debut. Look good on Cage Warriors, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, a former sparring partner of Tyson Fury. I believe he might even have had a professional boxing outing as well. So he's got he's got really great experience everywhere. And he's, he's got a lot of years in front of him, too. So a big night for Team Cowbomb. Um, and they're, they're probably my picks on the on the undercard. Those are some good picks. Now, I'm interested too. just before we go talking about, you know, UK MMA. You mentioned a couple of guys in there, especially young guys who have a really tough time getting fights on the regional scene. Now, I know, you know, Cage Warriors is still one of the best promotions outside of the UFC, and, and there are a couple of other smaller promotions in there, but do you feel like the, the grassroots UK is still as healthy as it was when you were coming up? Do you feel like it's more healthy than when you were coming up? 
Well, we have there, there is a bit of a missing piece. We we had the organization called Bama before. Now Bama kind of got absorbed into Bellator. And so what that meant is a lot of fighters that typically would have been competing uh, in Bama have been taken on by Bellator, but probably the top half of of those fighters. So not the guys that are on the way up. You you need to have a body of work, obviously, to to get signed to Bellator. So I think there is a little bit of a gap there. Interestingly, um, Colin Heron, actually, and and partners, they have a show called Probellum that is that they recently, I think in the last week or so, had a show. Paul Kelly, UFC veteran, uh, made a comeback. I think there were 10 fighters uh, from from Team Cowboy, Darren Till, Mike Grundy's gym, that actually fought. So they're up in, in the Northwest. That's where that went down, although I think they've done shows kind of everywhere. We've got FCC, which is a, an organization where Lerone Murphy was, was competing. Cage Warriors still doing magnificent work as well. We really noticed it in the scene when when there was a bit of a hiatus, when I think the, the, the ownership and the management of that company was changing hands and Graham Boylan fought to get his grips on it proper. And so now he can march forward with his plan and they, they churn out. You, you know, they're, they're a great feeder show for the UFC. But I mean, I'm still part of a fight team and I've got um, I've got teammates that have to that have to travel internationally. They're very young in their careers. A uh, couple few guys, actually, we have that fight for Brave. Mm -hmm. So it, it does feel like people are having to go on the road now uh, to go and get fights. So you'll always pick a fight in Russia as well. <laughs> Russia and Poland will always find a fight for you. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say it's taken a great knock, but there might be a little bit of a patch where it's slightly lean um, if you're trying to develop. And then you've got some pretty tough options outside of that to go on Brave to go to KSW, to go into Russia. They're big, risky fights and, you know, no disrespect to the strategy of some fighters. But I think the holy grail is to get signed by the UFC. And in doing so, you you don't always want to feed, you know, enter the lion's den on your first, you know, your opening sort of three or four fights. So, yes, sometimes we, we see an avoidance it would seem that way and that's why people like tom aspinall aren't able to just get more and more reps uh regionally they have to go and take fights uh, on the big show well that certainly makes sense to me in uh you know a thorough look at, at, at uk mma right now so i really appreciate that uh john i i'm not going to hold you for any longer this was a good thorough look at the card I really appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to uh, March 21st, which, once again, is the date for UFC in London. For those of you who will be watching, most likely at home, uh, stay safe out there, John. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me on. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. I want to thank Flow Combat for having me on each and every week. I couldn't do what I do without them. I also want to thank our two sponsors, BattleClan Gear and Maroon Social. Make sure to download the Maroon Social app and visit BattleClanGear.com. I also want you to remind you guys to check us out on Twitter at TopTurtleMMA. We got all kinds of cool stuff going on there, so make sure to tune in. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. Uh, I was joined this week by John Gooden, but hopefully next week by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. And uh, we'll see you then.